I really want to help people on deep spirituality learn to have a great relationship with God. That's that was my whole reason for starting it. Um, I didn't start it because I was like, oh, I really want to do a bunch of talking about theology. I think there's a there's a there's a lot of theology. I think most people that are trying to be Christians are trying to figure out. At least this is what I did: trying to figure out how do I how do I get a relationship with God. I came into this. I became a Christian because I want a relationship with God, right. or I'm I'm trying to go to a church because I want a relationship with God. And how do I do it? Before the event, we're all going to go to the Sexpo, where we're going to have thousands of people together talking about all kinds of things and learning about all kinds of things from parenting to dating to uh, how to have a relationship with God, how to be a leader. We're going to be doing all that stuff. But I thought it'd be good for people to get a hold of something that might help them know, hey, how can I just have a great quiet time in the morning? And some people call those devotionals, and they'll get a book and do a little devotional in the morning, but a time where I focus in on God. And to me, in my experience, 30 minutes is really solid. If you're 15, that's great too. If you have an hour, that's great too. I'm not sure there's a magic number as mm-hmm. much as there's a heart condition. But I thought, given the fact that the the expo is called Purpose, that we could do one today about turning emotion into action. Because okay. one of the hardest things for people is to turn emotion into action. And when I was looking at that, Abraham came to mind. And in Genesis 22, it's a great story that a lot of people know. Uh, and I, one of the things I was curious about, and I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. One of the things I was curious about, and when I say you guys, I'm talking about Ray Kelm and Nick Straw, who are joining me, Russ Ewell, for this kind of the first really well thought out podcast for deep spirituality. Um, I wanted to talk about the test uh, and when God allows hard things to happen, because I think that God allows hard things to happen to us, and we don't often know why he lets those hard things happen to us. And it says in Genesis 22, 1, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied. So if you're trying to have a 30-minute quiet time, you want to start by just reading the first verse and saying, hey, what do I get out of that? Instead of reading all the way through it, stop for a minute and ask, what's going on here? What, what, what's happening? Sometimes we're reading so fast, we don't even know what's happening. And what's happening here is God already knows Abraham pretty well. In Genesis 13, he says, I'm your reward. You know, I mean, he's already knows him and is talking to him. But something happens around chapter 22 when his son has grown up and he says, okay, it's time to find out what's really happening with you and where you're really at in this relationship. And so he allows a hard thing to happen. Uh, He wants to know what Abraham knows about him. And I think a lot of times when hard things happen to us, I don't think God's making it happen, but he allows life to happen to us because he wants to know what we know about him. Do you know me? And so, but in, 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 in your, in you guys' quiet times and in thinking about this, what, what what hits you? What comes to mind? Anything? Well, the first thing I, when I was reading this, one I hate tests. You like, hate tests. I hate tests. What's that? What, what, tests. What? It makes me. It's. Uh, it brings up all the insecurities of Am I going to pass? Fail? Am I prepared? Um, makes me nervous. Um, I think about no, nobody else but me in that moment. Uh, so most of my life, I avoided. Anything that required testing, even if it came to like, but you did really well in school. Like you were like really smart guy. You went to Cal. You did allegedly, the- <laughs> so <laughs> allegedly, I knew how to. Pass. But seriously, you went to Cal. I mean, I, it's like, you must be doing something right with tests. Well, you know, there's a, the thing that I learned was there's a there's people who are really smart who know how to take tests, and there's pe- there's smart people who know how to 
just pass the test without having to learn. Okay. I, I put myself in that category. I was really good at learning how to pass tests, trying to avoid the suffering and the pain of actually preparing for the test. Okay. So I was more in the mode of let me cram, get it over with, and remember not a single thing I, I can you relate I that about. to can you relate that to having a relationship with God or Christianity? Oh well it was I think with God it's um like I you think, were saying, you cram for the test. That You said there were two kinds of people. Can you tell me that again? That was pretty cool insight. I, I think it, there, there's a people who actually like study and re- learn the material right. and try to get a mastery of it. All right. Then there's other people who just want to get it over with. All right. And so is there some kind of a, a categorization you could do where there are people who really want to know God and there are people who really don't want to get in trouble as Christians? Oh, and yeah. So I, or something like that? Yeah, well, I would definitely put myself in the latter one. I think there's people who are actually genuinely wanting to know God, like— Growing up religious, I always believed in God. He was kind of like the insurance policy. Like, okay, at least if I believe in God, that's cool. Yeah. I had zero interest in wanting to even get to know what that meant, what a building a relationship with, with, with God was. Um, so now in my relationship with God, it's easy to just say, oh, yeah, I know God, but I don't want to deal with the hard things that deal with my, why do I do the things I do? Um, the character weaknesses I have. Uh, why do I keep getting into the sin I keep getting into? I don't want to deal with all that because it's painful. You want to get in there, Nick? Were you going to say something? I was relating with you in terms of just taking tests in school to get them done, and I would cram. And the problem with that is I didn't learn really any of the information. I probably forgot most of it right after the, the class was over. And I think how that relates to a relationship with God is uh, there's times where I've looked in my relationship with God as something I have to do or to get done 30 minute, you know, time with God or yeah. 15 or whatever right. time. It's like, oh, or a goal. I'm going to read this many chapters. And I read those chapters. Right. Um, but I didn't necessarily learn, like it says in the scripture, it wasn't about, hey, God, I want you to know who I am. Here I am. Right. And then I wasn't interested really in who God was. Right. It was like, I'm trying to get some knowledge or I want to figure out how to get to heaven or, you know what I mean? These these things. And it wasn't about the relationship or learning about him right. or allowing him to learn about me. Yeah. What I found when I became a Christian, once I decided to be committed, because I didn't like Christianity at first because I felt like it, 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 it was so many things I had to do that I didn't know how to do. And they were uncomfortable. So it was like you go to church and you sing songs. Like I never <laughs> went to church. And I only songs I spent time singing were like, Songs from uh, what was the Saturday Night Fever? I used to like the Saturday Night Fever Which album. I know that dates me. But I used to, oh, I sang the Bee Gees songs, man. I was like into that, you know, Tavares and oh, nice. all that. I was really into it. So I, when I went to church and I was singing these songs, they seemed weird to sing, and I just it just it was church was so uncomfortable, right? But I did want a relationship with God, and so I did that. But after I got kind of more committed to like, okay, this is going to be my life, then I wanted to be a leader. And I found being a leader was easy because I had been a leader before, but I didn't find being spiritual was easy. Right. Uh, so right. I relate to what you say about passing a test to be able to get the right answers and, and yes. get through it. I tried to pass the test of being a leader by doing all the things you need to be a leader, but I didn't put any time in a relationship with God. And I think a lot of times that happens to us, which you were saying, Ray, happens to everybody is you get so burdened down trying to figure out how to be a Christian. That's right that you never spend any time saying, here's why I'm here. I hated testing in college because I couldn't understand why I needed to be tested. 
I was like, what's the point? Why are you testing me? Like, why do, why do I, I was that kind of a person in college, less than high school, high school. I just did it. But I was kind of person like, what's the point of a test? Like I'm never going to use statistics. I will get, I was kind of arrogant. I wasn't a Christian. I was kind of arrogant. So I was like, I'm never using statistics because I'll hire somebody to do that. So I'm never going to do that. Why do I have to get tested on this? The beautiful thing about being a Christian is you can figure out why you're being tested. Hmm. Right. It's not a pointless test. You can look at it and you go, oh, this test is happening because now it's helping me to see my need for God, how God's going to move in my life, et cetera. And so I think one of the important things you've raised here, Ray, is we have to not hate tests. That's right. Yeah. We have to not see them as a matter of performance. Right. Mm-hmm. We have to see them as a path or a process to get to know God. Does that does that does that work well for you? Absolutely. There's so purpose behind them. There's a purpose behind yeah. it, there's, which yes. is the whole point. Because a lot of people are going to go, "Hey, I'm going to the purpose thing, and I'm going to go to this X one purpose, and I got to get my purpose on straight." Well, part of the first level of purpose is understanding God's got a purpose for your life, and He's going to purposefully guide you into that purpose. Yeah. In Genesis two, 22, verse 2, it says, Then God said, Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. So another thing about the hard things, or another thing about this test is the hard things, I find when I look at the Bible, are usually things that are impossible to handle without faith. Meaning, it's not hard because it's difficult. It's hard because if you don't have faith, you can't handle it. And one of the thoughts I had about it is the real you, the real us remains hidden when things are easy, but surfaces when we are faced with the impossible. Any of those things ring a bell, get you going, make you want to jump out, shout, say something? (laughs) It's funny. When I look back on my life, the times I've grown the most are the hard things. But the thing that I always want the most is everything to be easy. Right. (laughs) I want to be able to get through it and grow and have God bless me and come out the other end stronger, but do the minimum to make that happen. So does that mean we we should all go around praying for hard things to happen to us? That's a good question. Wow, you're quiet on (laughs) that. Hey, I can answer that. No, (laughs) no. No, I'm going to pray that hard things happen to you. (laughs) Then I can, here's the school scoop. I'm going to say, God, help hard things happen to Nick and Ray. Yeah. I'll watch them and learn. <laughs> that's way, don't you think, I think that's better. I think it's better if a hard thing happens to Ray oh, and I can watch it and go, wow, I see what Ray did wrong right there. I won't do that. Well, I, I think we, we, uh, I think be, we want the, the result of hard things happening. It's like we were talking about college before. Yeah. I want to be able to put in. Uh, you know, six months of work or yeah. one week of work and get that college degree. Right. But it takes four, five, six years or whatever right. it is to get it. And I think I think marriage is like that. Yes. I want a great marriage, but I don't really want to have to do anything that <laughs> yes. is, is, is not easy. And after our first argument coming back from my honeymoon with Amy, we got in a big fight. Where you only had one argument? <laughs> no, the first, <laughs> dude, the first write a book. First. Write a book, dude. <laughs> the first You're the many. man. Ray yeah, is the yeah. man. Stop the podcast <laughs> and make it a marriage podcast. Teach us, Ray. <laughs> the first of many. I remember I was so angry. I got in my car and I just drove off. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, this is this is one a week after coming back. Okay. And I, when I hear about imp- things that are impossible to handle without faith, yes. All I remember saying. I never want to go through this hard thing ever again. And so my approach to relationship with God, my approach to marriage was like, okay, is that, it's just, I just want it to be like a one-time, one-and-done thing. But I don't see relationship with God as it's the journey. It's, 
it's actually beginning learning how to be emotionally stronger on the inside. So, so I'll tell you, let me let me put this to you, and then I want you to yeah. respond because your story is really cool. Yeah. I like your story. I agree. I had an argument on my honeymoon, so I didn't wait to get home. I got <laughs> right after that junk. I was like, let me hurry. Uh, it's faster I do it, the sooner I'll grow. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so so uh, now I just forgot what I was going to say. What were you talking about? Uh, storming off, fighting. After oh, that was it. That was it. I was going to steal something from my wife, Gail. So she came up with this concept that's really, really cool. I want to write about it. Is She said there's stages and there's storms. Mm. I think I mentioned this to you guys before. Mm-hmm. And she says storms are the hard things that really happen to you, terminal diseases, loss of life, you know, miscarriages, um, divorce of your parents, you know, terribly difficult things are storms. But stages are, say, getting married, yep. having a baby, getting your first job, right. going to college, and that sometimes we confuse stages with storms. And so I think, going back to what you were saying, Nick, about hard things, no one wants hard things. But I think your point's really good. People want the result of hard things. So I want, right. I, like I, I yeah. have people, we're here in Silicon Valley, where to get a, you know, to get a 500 square foot apartment, you need to be a multimillionaire, right? Either either that or live here since the 70s. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, I want to buy this. I want to have this. I want to have that. And I've talked to some younger people and I've been like, you know, if you wanted all that, you should have been a surgeon, right? Because that's how much money surgeons make. But the problem with being a surgeon is, you got to be in school for like 20 years, it seems like. And so people don't. So people want the surgeon's house and the surgeon's car, but not the hard things it takes to be a surgeon. Mm -hmm. So let's let's bring this around. I think for many of us, we we don't want hard things. No, no. Let me change that. None of us want hard things to happen. I don't. No. Right. But if we want to have our life grow, the stages of life will be hard. So right. no matter what, if you want to be married, have kids, have a job, have a home, take care of your parents, there are going to be hard things you run into. If you want to get promoted at your job, so that's just life. Those yes. are the stages. Yeah. But then there are also going to be storms that come into everybody's life. Right. There's going to be sickness, grief, loss. And we've had, I've had one of my best friends ever, Scott Green, passed away a, couple, a few months ago. Um, and and that, that's a hard thing. But that, that, that is really a stage of life. Because we are all going to, at some point, experience loss. My dad passed away. My sister passed away. We, you know, you go through these things. That I remember, I remember being like thirty or something, and saying, "Wow," because I had friends had people die, you know. And I was like, "Wow, yeah. I've never had anybody I know die," like personally, like really serious, you know, in in like sixth grade. But then it starts to, as you get older, it just starts to happen, and it's tough. And then you start realizing you're mortal, and that you're not going to be here forever. Those are stages. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes we look at those things of like stages of life getting older as a storm. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we blame God. Instead of saying, no, no, no. If you turn 50, that's a stage. And there are certain things that go with turning 50. If you turn 60, that's a stage. There are certain things that go with that. And we have to take on those hard things yeah. because they're stages. Then there are storms. Like I'm 21 years old and I get a terminal disease. That's a storm. You're not supposed to get that at 21 years old, but that's also hard. Both of them are impossible to handle without faith. And I think that's the key about the hard. Focus on faith. They're impossible to handle without faith. God's not punishing us, but what God is saying is the real us. He's not talking about the real us human beings. He's saying, I want to know you 
Like, I feel like God wants to know me. And there have been times I've hated how he wanted to know me because it, it, it was me making mistakes, me sinning, me being foolish, me doing stuff that I look back and I go, why was I doing any of that? Why did I act that way? Why did I hurt people that way? But then I look and I go, oh, God put me in situations of pressure and stress and forced out of me the real the real rust was selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The real rust was harsh. And so when that real guy came out, God was like, that's the guy. That's the guy I know. But if if I had it easy, I'd have kept being deceitful and hidden who I was, and instead it all came out. And so one of the questions I have for you guys is, you know, like for me, I know there have been a number of things, but like when I had kids with special needs, that was a hard thing. And guess what? I consider that a stage. Mm-hmm. I don't consider that a storm. Is there storms to it, like health and vulnerability? But I feel like, you know, God had a will for my life. He wants me to do something great with my life. So my kids are born with special needs. It's a stage, but it becomes a storm because I've never faced it before. I don't know what I'm doing. And so the thing is, he gave me some of the impossible handle without faith. What do you guys think about in your own lives that you go, man, this hard thing happened to me. And it was something that I could not handle without faith because that's those are those are some of the things that happen to me yeah i was thinking as you were talking i think i've had a pretty good life and yeah easy life i think that's why i desire the why i so much desire the easy <laughs> right but i think in the past few years i think uh and and we've talked about this before but i think uh some of the stuff that me and jan have gone through were multiple miscarriages a couple before our first kid right and a, a, probably the hardest one was the third one after our first kid that's tough and and uh it's just something that I've never, you know, I didn't know how, well, I guess at that point I'd gone through it three times, but I never knew how to handle it. I think it exposed like where, where I lacked faith. I think I cried more during that time. So I th- I don't think, I actually don't think God made that happen. Right. But I do think he used that hard thing yes. to uh, push me and Jen to grow. Yes. And uh, I just remember there was a, there was a scare. We thought we were going to have a fourth uh, miscarriage. Right. And, uh, and there's so we're, we're running. We're she's rushing to the hospital. She's going from work. I'm, I'm, I'm going from another location, and I'm just crying and praying on the way on the way to the hospital. And you know, I made the mistake of looking at Google and looking at the stats of what happens when this happens, type thing. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> oh man, man. never are, look at Google. Me, you know what I mean? The odds aren't with me. Type thing. <laughs> Don't Google that. <laughs> but we we go there, and and I'm praying there, crying, and um. And kind of crying out to God, and and I don't like showing emotion, so uh, but I feel plenty of it. So I yeah. think I think that's part of it. God was pushing me to kind of be real with Him, right. or using that opportunity to be real with Him. And then we go to the hospital, get things checked out. She's like, I, the doctor's like, I don't know how all what's going on, but everything looks good. Yeah. And on the way back home, I'm I'm crying, grateful, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm grateful right. that God's really come through. But right. I look at kind of those times that were. We're scary because it was unknown, but we're also, um, uh, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't handle my own emotion or just the fear of the future or worst case scenario, whatever it might be, uh, without God. So that's what I thought of. But I definitely think after that, uh, my faith was stronger as, and so was Jen's. And I was more reliant on God, yeah. um, for a while anyway, uh, after that. Yeah. And so I, that's what I was thinking about. I think we what's talking. cool about your story is that, and I don't know if I was confusing when I was talking about stages and storms because I moved it around, but what, what that story says, and I think it's a little bit like us having special needs kids or miscarriages, is sometimes the line blurs between a stage and a storm. Sure. Right? right. So, and I don't think we have to be like, 
make a rule out of this because you know a lot of times as Christians we'll make a rule. That's a stage. That's a storm. You know. <laughs> well, there it's in flux, right? Yeah. But the key is that we shouldn't always blame God. That yeah. you said a great thing. We shouldn't always go. God made that happen. And I know what when I was coming along, a lot of times people were trying to be spiritual. So they'd say. Well, God probably made that happen to you so you could learn this lesson. You know, you know, I think we probably ought to get out of God's head and trying to figure out what he does and instead say one thing we can know for sure. God loves us and he wants to know us. Yeah. And so he's going to use anything he can to know us. And that doesn't mean he's going to make it happen. And I think a lot of things that happen in life are just things that happen in life. And you probably can find a scientific explanation, a statistical explanation for it. And you just go, look, I'm going to take life. The key to me is a hard thing is something that's impossible to handle without faith. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're running late because there's a lot of traffic, we probably shouldn't turn that into some major God moment on Mark, Mount Carmel with <laughs> Elijah the prophet. We probably should just say, I left late. And so I'm in traffic, you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And not, not that's try the, to take it too high. And then, and then, then understand hard things to me. And this is just my definition is, do I need faith to handle this? Is there no way to handle this without faith? It's impossible. It's not impossible to handle traffic without faith, but I'll tell you what, when you're going on a fourth miscarriage, as you talked about, mm-hmm. or with us, you're raising two kids with special needs. Those things are impossible to do without faith. Yeah. And I feel for people out there. And we've talked a lot about church and Christianity. I feel for people out there who their view of Christianity and church is, I've got to follow rules. It's about being in attendance. And I think you should want to be a part of your fellowship and, and build relationships. But ultimately, it's about God. I, I know my hardest time being in the church has been when I've not been uh, focused on or getting a relationship with God. It becomes very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of people who leave church because they're so people are so big Rules are so big that it's really difficult to see God. That's why I'm grateful Mm. for a story like Abraham's, because what Abraham's story says to me is God's not trying to put you through anything just to make you suffer. He's just trying to get to know you. And he asks Abraham to sacrifice something he loves. And oftentimes those impossible things, impossible handle without faith, involve things we love, jobs we love. You know, I like status, you know. And yeah, and it's that that's a lot of what it does. Here's another cool thing. Uh, you know, trust who you believe. I think God is constantly trying to go, okay, I know you all believe in me, but do you trust me? That hard things test whether we trust the God we say we believe. So there are a lot of us who go, well, I'm a Christian and I believe. Okay, that's fine. That's great. We shouldn't be bragging about it. Just okay, great. But do we trust God? That's one where I fall down. Like yeah. I usually start working really, really hard to make something happen long before I trust like I'm impatient and I'm emotional and I'm like, God, why you, you're God, you're late. I'm looking at my calendar going, I thought we were going to get this done by Friday. Uh, and trust you believe hard things test whether we trust the God we say we believe. I'm going to have, I'm going to read this scripture and then maybe Ray, you, 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 you can jump in on this and you can help, uh, help our listeners, help all of us understand what we're, what, what, what do you think this says about trust early in the next, this is Genesis 22, three through five. And we're not going to try to get through the whole passage. We're just going to get you started because this is the 30-minute quiet time. And you should be able to take away from this and get your own thoughts going because a big part of having great relationship with God is getting your own thoughts going. Genesis 22, 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey 
while I and the boy go over there. And here's the kicker line. A lot of sermons have been preached on this. We're not trying to be brilliant. We're just trying to go. There's some rich stuff here for our relationship with God. Final sentence says this. We will worship and then we will come back to you. He's supposed to sacrifice his son. God has basically told him you're going to you're going to kill your son. But Abraham trusts God enough to say, sure, but you promised me I was going to have a, a, a whole family and really a whole nation through this son. So I know that I'm going to go worship you and I know that we're going to be back. What do you think? The biggest thing that I, I see this in this in this passage that really gets me, it's I have the hardest time giving up control. I want to control everything. Yeah. I want to control outcomes. Yeah. It reminds me of um, when I when I was listening to Nick share, it reminds me of, you know, I got a, I was on a date with Amy this before we got married. Mm-hmm. It's a call from my sister. She never calls me on a Saturday night. She calls me and says, hey, uh, we just got word dad had to go to ER. He has terminal cancer. Oh, boy. And it was right in the middle of the day. Like, okay, we knew that dad had some stomach issues for the past three, four years. Right. And you're saying he has terminal cancer and uh, it's he's got about a year or two left. left. Right. And I had the I up, up and up that point, I prided myself. Thinking, oh, I believe in God. Look at how which which direction I've used to build my life. Yes. You know, after college, I totally believe in God. And boy, that was really hard for me to give up control because I just thought this is doomsday. <laughs> this is the end. I don't think this is going to end well. And I really had our time believing that there's going to be some kind of opportunity or something good that's going to come out from right. all this. Right. Um, had that not happened, it wouldn't have forced me to change my appreciation for my family. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the the relationships, the, the change I had to make to actually emotionally want to attach my my family, and that led to my dad, my my relationship, with my dad changing. I I don't, and it's not that God made my dad have cancer. It was just one of those moments where I had to really figure out, okay, God clearly knows what he's doing. I just have, I'm having a hard time believing that or trusting that. Led to my dad actually, um, for the first time, wanting to listen to me and what, what I had to say. And um, through a lot of conversations over a period of six to, six to eight months, um, us actually sitting down and starting to actually study the Bible. And uh, he actually became a Christian. Uh, about four months before he passed away. Wow. But that that was painful. That was a storm, for sure, as we talked about earlier. But it was it was nothing I would have imagined. In fact, I thought he was the hardest person to reach just it, with the history of our relationship. And when I see this, <laughs> when Abraham says, we will worship and then we will come back, yeah. there was a sense of peace, a sense of calm, a sense of, hey, this, we know God's, in control. And so when I read this, this is something that I always have to wrestle with. It's having a kind of peace, calm, not anxious, anxiety or stress, which I'm prone to very often, of giving up control mm. and learning that that's what a real relationship with God is. It's not about how much I read or attend or follow the rules. It's am I willing to give up control and trust that he's got something far greater than I could even think or contrive or come up with? I think everybody in the room is stunned by that story. That's that that story. story is something else. I knew it, but when you tell it, it because I, I don't think I knew you got a call on Saturday night like that. Yeah, that, that that. I mean, we all have had a call like that. Maybe not about a disease or something, but we've had a call like that. We were like out doing our thing, having right. a good time, enjoying ourselves. You know, 
thinking the biggest problem was traffic or yeah. would we get into the <laughs> restaurant to get the in and out <laughs> in and out restaurant um here's the thing that you were saying though, it was very interesting to me you said you 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 like control i don't know anybody who doesn't like control so just focus in on that for me for a minute because i love how you made the connection between abraham saying we will worship you and come back to you what do you see in abraham because if you're if you're if you're studying your Bible later after you listen to the podcast, this is this I'm trying to help us talk about how you study the Bible. Because a lot of times we read the Bible, but we don't really listen to and see what's happening. You literally have to get into the story and understand Abraham did not know how it was going to end. Right. So yeah. we read it and go, well, hey, what's the big deal, man? It's God, and you can see clearly that God wasn't going to have him kill his kid. No. No, Abraham didn't know that. And there was enough death preceding this chapter that Abraham could be sure that God might just let that happen. So for him, this is real. Your experience that you shared about, Ray, that's in real time and it's real. What can you say that you learned, though, about giving up control? Because that's something a lot of religious people say is, I just got to trust God and let give up control. And I think it can become cliche and almost meaningless. So can you put some... I know you're saying a lot more than that, and I want everybody to benefit from what you what you learn. What does it tell you about flexibility and flow and and allowing God to let to to let God make the flow of your life work to not always to be more of a surfer instead of someone driving in a car where you're riding the wave. I've never surfed in my life here, but <laughs> where you're riding the wave where it takes. I watched uh, what's that movie about surfing? Oh. Point Break, yeah. I like the first <laughs> one with Ken Reeves, man. I love that. You know what I love about Point Break, the first one and the second one? Is it's so spiritual. Those dudes, to me, are like Shaolin monks in Karate Kid, the second one, or in uh, Kung Fu. I watched Kung Fu with, with Keith Carradine. Like, I watched every episode of that. I love that. But to me, that, that, that sort of spiritual thing is what flows about. Jazz is about flow. These people who who they understand how to ride the wave of life. Because I think a lot of us are trying to drive through the wave instead of ride it. And it sounds to me like what you're learning is not everything is going to turn out bad that seems bad. So ride that wave and get involved in that process and get involved in that journey. And don't be negative. Don't assume someone's going to die right away or ever. Don't assume you're going to get fired. Don't assume you'll never get a new job. Don't assume you'll never date again. Like part of it is that, you know, jazz. Do you like, you guys like jazz? Either of you? A little bit. A little bit. bit. Jazz is awesome. I've got two books on jazz. One's on jazz and management. But what jazz is all about, and I I, I can't play an instrument for my life, right? I tried to play carinet one time and scared people. (laughs) Learned how to play the harmonica and scared myself. Um, But Jazz is about people being able to, they have extraordinary structure. Like each guy is a master of his instrument and a master of the foundation of the music. So they've got the foundation down so well that then when they start playing together, they can feed off of and improvise off of each other. People think it's all improvisation. No, they've got this incredible structure that they've mastered it's like a basketball player. You get this incredible fundamentals you've mastered and it allows you to then become improvisational. I think God wants us to be more improvisational. I think he wants to he wants to bless us in incredible ways, but half the time we're like fighting him because we want control. And it sounds like to me what you learned is that I learned this with my dad. 
I spent more time thinking about me than thinking about him. Absolutely. I spent more time wondering why he wasn't getting to know me instead of letting, letting, you know, me getting to know him. And once I let go of that, there was this incredible flow in my relationship with my dad that came about and in my relationship with God. And what's funny is I don't think you can have a great relationship with God unless you deal with your relationship with your father or your authority figure in your life. And so tell me a little bit about what have you learned since then about when things happen, not just being calm, but trusting God with the process. Cause it seems to me that Abraham kind of relaxed into it and said, okay, I know what God's like and I'm not worried. We're going to go. Well, he may have been worried, yeah. but I'm going to stick with this thing. I had to learn, um, not fear the unfamiliar, that I had to actually learn how to embrace whatever was unfamiliar. I had to learn that that's actually a good thing. Um, the conversations I had with my dad were so unfamiliar, they're so uncomfortable because I'd never had them before. And yet they were some of, some of the most rewarding things. Uh, even now in life with, you know, I have Owen who's got sensory processing issues and it's a very unfamiliar, <laughs> everything, everything is unpredictable. But what I've had to learn is that that's actually great for me to learn how to have faith in God or actually reach out and get some friends. Yeah. A lot of, I just remember throughout that time and even now, um, I was not used to asking for help much right. or being vulnerable. Right. Um, and I learned that unfamiliarity helped me learn how to appreciate friends, spiritual friends. Do you feel like you're still on that journey of learning how to let go? Oh, big time. I feel like I'm I'm at the very beginning of it still. Nick, in, you want to jump ways. in on this? We're going to yeah. we're, we're not going to finish this chapter. We're going to finish these thoughts though. Yeah, I was just thinking um I was look just looking at this scripture and I think I I want to control, you know, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. It seems, it I'm with you. Like, but I think that control is motivated by a worry like you mentioned or a fear, and I'm just reading the scripture and kind of boggling my mind a little bit. I was like, I'm sure Abraham had worry, nervousness, right, uh, or anything like that. But instead, um, he he didn't let that dictate how he lived. And I think that it seemed like the trust in God over kind of overrode his uh, fear. Like, let, me, let me ask you a question. Just this is a question I've Yeah, are you happiest when you're in control? Or <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's, I, I think, I think the end result will be me being happy yeah. because I've controlled something, and it, it doesn't usually work out how I how I try to control it. So yeah, it, that doesn't really work. It's I mean, to your analogy, riding the wave. It's much funner to surf. Yeah. Versus jump into the wave because the wave's more powerful oh, than you. And I, it, it destroys you. Destroys I, try to you. Bo- I try to bottle the wave. I try to get a Coke bottle out and go, can I get the wave in this bottle? And then I can sell it, you know? So, yeah, because, I mean, when you're when I'm anxious or were worried you this, or afraid. Were you this – were you as – we're, we're, we're both very controlling. We're agreeing with Nick, me, and yeah. Nick and I are both. Were you this controlling when you were in college? Um. About some things, I don't think as much. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> my parents would probably say I was, but I, I, you know, I was a lot more uh, easygoing. I think with responsibility. Oh, definitely. Right. I've, I've become more of a controlling person, and I think what we learned from Abraham, who had a kid, is that God was trying to get him to let go. Here's a, yeah. here's an interesting phrase, right? Do we have to let go so God can bless us? Is it mm. difficult for God to bless us as long as we don't let go? I'll tell you a story, and then we'll get out of here. Despirituality. 
This is Ray, Kim, Nick Straw, Russ Yule. We're still trying to learn how to do great podcasts. We hope this is a really good one that will inspire you, even if we went over 30 minutes. I don't even know. I've been looking at my clock. I think we're getting over a little bit. But I hope it will inspire you to have a 30-minute quiet time where you're not just reading the Scriptures, but you're really thinking, and you're really deeply looking at things. But I'll tell you something I did when I was in college that I look back and I go, if I could capture that guy as a Christian, I wasn't a Christian, didn't believe in God, didn't go to church, but I, I was I was enjoying myself. And I think part of what I have to always be challenged by is, am I enjoying this journey? At the end of it, it says that the lesson learned by Abraham is, about God is that on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. That that a lot of times I I look at my life and God has blessed us in a lot of ways with a lot of great things. We're part of a great fellowship. We have great jobs. I have a nice, really cool startup. Yeah. We got a, a cool project we're doing here where we're helping a lot of different groups by developing podcasts and media for them with our new sort of startup we're working on that is not yet publicly named, but we're working on. But I was really a different kind of a kid in some ways. I remember in my freshman year of college, I'm going to tell this story and then I'll get out of here and hopefully I won't bore people with this story. I lived on the 11th floor of Sea Tower in Boston University, right? And so uh, it was like a Saturday night, I think, or something. I'm looking at Mike because Mike's a musician, and this is a musician story. It's a music story. And, uh, you know, sometimes you ever have a college Saturday night where you don't know what to do? You like you didn't think ahead. You didn't yep. plan it. And you're sitting there and you're going, like, what are we going to do? And you got your friends around That's and right. so like that. You know, and you're trying to figure out what to do. And usually there there was some drinking involved. I wasn't a big drinker for a lot of reasons. that will probably come up in some podcast later. But actually, I wasn't a no, I was not a drinker at all. But I loved going to parties and I loved doing stuff with my friends. And so we're sitting there and we're kind of bored. And um, and 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 one of my I was almost said his name, but I'll leave their names off because uh, it's their lives. Um, a, a, a guy who lived a, a, a two doors down from me, I think, a two doors down from me, was a friend and played on my basketball, t- intramural basketball team. He used to play the bass. And so um, we were all sitting there, and they smoked a lot of marijuana in that room, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, there was smoke. There was smoke coming out of that doggone room. Uh, and this is a, this is still the podcast of spirituality, but uh, <laughs> you may go that deep. We're not going to go that deep, but there was smoke coming out of the room. So, you know, I, he, he starts playing and he loved Led Zeppelin. And I can't remember. I think it's Fool in the Rain is the song. He did. Dun, 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 dun. I can hear it's, it's like I'm there now. Right. And I'm sitting and I'm sitting in, in my room and hearing it. And so I'm like, I'm bored. I, I go down there and I yell for my friend my best friend. And I say, Hey, I'm going to go to, you know, so-and-so's room. So we go hang out in his room and the smoke's clearing a little bit, you know, and he's just playing his guitar. And then we start, we start kind of messing around and uh, a couple of other kids come in, you know, how in a dorm people come into the room, they like start coming in and and talking about stuff. And he keeps playing his guitar, you know, and I'm like, I don't know where I got the idea or we got the idea. I said, why don't we, um, I said, I, oh, I started, I started like humming. I said, what is this song? I don't even like Led Zeppelin. And then we started singing a little bit. And then, um, and then I started, I started going, you know, their room was 1106. And I said, we're getting it slick in 1106. And, and then he started playing his bass to that. And then I just started making up words to the song. And then the other people were going, do, do, da, da. You know, we were just fooling around, right? Then the next thing you know, one guy down the hall was a senior. He had moved into the dorm for his last year of college. We were freshmen. And he he was a trumpet player, grabbed his trumpet, came down the hall and said, I'm getting in on this. And so he starts playing his trumpet, right? Nice. The next thing you know, there were three towers, 2,000 people in the dorm. B Tower was totally separate. These guys had looked across from B Tower into our window. And two <laughs> guys came over, one with his clarinet and the other with his sax. 
Nice. And they join it. The next thing you know, we've got this room going where we're creating this music and we're playing. They're playing for hours. They're jamming and we're going keeping it slick in 1106. And we're just going on and making up language and all that. And I remember that moment. And I was like, I wasn't worried about anything. I didn't have anything planned. And I was free and I was happy. Yeah. And the biggest thing I think is hard things were happening in my life then, too. But I wasn't trying to control it. I think a lot of times me, I'm not as happy as I should be because when I see the hard things happening, I don't realize God's going to take care of this. He's got this. Enjoy keeping it slick in 1106. That's all we got for today. Spirituality. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon or night.